Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome, and this is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft, and we've got a good episode. It's a, It gets a little dangerous, though. Uh, we went to Danger Wheel, and so the second half of the episode, uh, just a little bit of advanced warning, it gets loud. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how how easy it is to listen to. <laughs> That's just advanced warning. It doesn't mean it's bad. The content is good. It was fun. I hung out with Lee. For anybody who uh, is a uh, Cincinnati beer podcast fan, which hopefully you all are listening to this Cincinnati beer podcast, but I'm talking about this whole community of Cincinnati beer podcasts, shift beers, and uh, and truth beer pod sequences, and shows like that. You you'll you'll know Lee. He works for the biggest local brewery and that's that's all that we'll say about that <laughs> it's a very large brewery up in butler county uh yeah you you know where i'm going with this uh, but he's a good friend of the show good friend of uh the cincinnati podcast community uh so we went down to danger wheel and we hung out and if you've never been to danger wheel it's loud and chaotic uh we'll kind of explain what the whole event is is kind of like uh, when we get to that interview but uh just heads up that second half of this episode is is definitely a little bit loud but it's only half of the episode which means that there's something else that happens and to uh, uh, to explain that, I have to uh, I need to pull up my uh, rules that I wrote up because so I've done this several years. Um, however, I've never actually formally written up the rules for uh, what what it all entails. Uh, and I'm talking about Oktoberfest Quest. So anybody who is a regular listener of the show has been a listener for uh, more than a year or so, or has followed me on social media or anything like that. You know how much of a nut I am for Oktoberfest, and I am a I am a super super nut for Oktoberfest. I think it's the perfect beer style this time of year. It's my favorite time of year to really drink beer, and um, and and Oktoberfest just kind of fits that bill perfectly for me. So every year I try them all. <laughs> I go around Cincinnati and I get every Cincinnati uh, packaged Cincinnati Oktoberfest that I can find. And that is actually the first rule of this little competition thing that I do. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a tournament style bracket. I buy them all. I put them next to each other, one against one, and we work our way through until the end of the Oktoberfest season when one beer remains. Um, it is the beer that I want to, to drink for Oktoberfest. So my rules are, number one, obviously, uh, has to be a packaged Oktoberfest, sort of. Let me clarify that. <laughs> this year, I'm changing things up. If you have a packaged Oktoberfest from a Cincinnati brewery, it will be in the competition. It's automatically in there. Um, I'm going to go around. I'm going to get them all. Um, that's that's rule number one. Rule number two, if there's a Cincinnati brewery that has a draft-only Oktoberfest beer and they want it to be in the competition, I will do my best to get it. Uh, I can't promise because of uh, how much goes into trying to make it all kind of fall into place. Um, uh, but I will do my best to get it in there. This, I just can't promise. Um that being said, rule number three, if a brewery buys the beer for me, I'm going to accept it. 
<laughs> I'm not going to turn it down. I will let you guys know that a brewery purchased a beer for me, um, but it makes it easier for me to get it. So I'm not going to turn it down. Um, and if it's draft only, that obviously applies to, I will definitely try to make sure I get it into the competition if somebody uh, buys it for me. Rule number four, these, these aren't really like structured as like numbered rules like this. <laughs> Rule number four, if a local home brewer wants to send one of their Oktoberfest beers to compete in the competition, I will accept them. I will accept them. Um, with that being said, they have to send me enough to make it through at least four rounds of competition. Uh, and I will let you guys know that they are home brewers and uh, obviously that I didn't pay for them. Um, the only round that is done blind is the final round. Everything else, just to make it easy on me and, and kind of more fun to talk about with you guys, I will tell you what I'm drinking. So um, that's the only round that is blind is the last one. Uh, this is a big one. Uh, the object of the competition, this is number six, if you're uh, making notes. Number six, the object of the competition is not to judge to style, quote unquote, necessarily. It's to determine what I think the best Oktoberfest beer is uh, this year. What do I want to drink? You know, some years it's a very festy fest beer. Some years it's a super traditional Merzen. Uh, some years it's kind of a weird blend in between the two. I, I don't know. I just, if I drink something and I'm like, yeah, this is great and this is what I want to drink, then it, it's probably going to win. Um, so that's, that's, the point of it is to figure out what I want to drink um, to my own personal taste. So not necessarily to style, necessarily. <laughs> that does kind of factor into it sometimes, though. Uh, rule number seven, this is the biggest one. This all means nothing. It, none of it is important. None of it should change what you drink. Uh, my opinion shouldn't change your thoughts on anything at all. Uh, I'm just a, a drunk with a microphone. So uh, don't take any of this to heart. Um, let it just be fun and um, get out there and try as many as you want to. Also, with all of that being said, uh, let's dive into um, uh, the first part of the show and my favorite part of the show, which you guys know. From the Beer Fridge. From the beer fridge, that's right. <laughs> uh, I've got two glasses in front of me, two unopened cans of Oktoberfest beers, um, and these are two heavy hitters in town, so this is, uh, uh, somebody's going to be upset about this one. We've got uh, Franz from Rheingeist. Uh, they call it just an Oktoberfest beer. This is one of those style benders that um, sometimes people uh, get upset about. It's a little bit hoppier, usually. I've not tried it this year. Um, years past, it's always a little bit hoppier than the other ones. Uh, the can says, Franz is our Oktoberfest brow. Not traditional, but uber German. He's an autumnal brew. Uh, a bit of a dreamer, often hiking in the Alps to return brimming with great ideas like those brisk hikes in the steep mountains. These Munich and Vienna malts will pump you up. All right. <laughs> and then a little cheesy. Uh, we got 50 West uh, Wienermobile. This is a fest beer lager, 5.9% uh, ABV. Uh, and it says, Prost, put on your drinking pants. Crisp and malty, Oktoberfest lager brewed with Vienna malts. So not, not a ton on the description there, but who really cares about a description when you can drink the beer, right? <clears throat> All right. I am going. 50 West is on my left. Not that you guys care what's what. 
And then Rheingeist, we're going to put on my right. 50 West has been killing the logger game this year. Um, they started a logger exploration series. They did a, uh, a Maybach in the spring, and then this summer they had their German Pilsner, which uh, that, that Pilsner was easily one of my favorite beers that I've had in a long time. So um, I have high hopes for, for Wienermobile, which is what I'm going into first here. It's So color-wise, they're, they're fairly close to each other. Uh, Franz is definitely a little bit lighter. I mean, it looks like it almost has a uh, little bit more of a head on, a little bit fluffier. The uh, the Wienermobile is uh, definitely dissipating a little quicker. Oh, yeah, that's good. I'm just smelling. It's good smelling. Um, light and toasty. These are both, uh, well, I guess, you know, Wienermobile is definitely a fest beer. Rheingeist is its own thing. So if I had to classify it as something, I would put it in the fest beer category. But um, I don't think that they would call it a fest beer. Maybe, though. I don't know. <coughs> it's not. Uh, so neither one of them. Hang on. Let me dive into these again with my nose. Hang on. Hang on. Like you're going to go somewhere. Yeah, it's there is definitely a uh, a sweet floral kind of aroma that is definitely more dominant in the Rheingeist, uh, but they are fairly fairly similar. Other than that, lots of uh, lots of toasty uh, bread, which you expect. Um, there's not a lot of that kind of pretzely note that I I really enjoy in a uh, Oktoberfest. Mm. I just took a big swig of the uh, 50 West. Now I'm diving into the Rheingeist. Wow. Um, that is not at all what I remember Rheingeist tasting like. That's good. Not that it wasn't good before. <coughs> Man, this is tough. So, um, Wienermobile leans into that a uh, uh, little bit more of the uh, perception of sweetness. It's not neither one of these are sweet beers, but that perception of sweetness with the uh, kind of that uh, that bready malt versus the um, the biscuity and uh, pretzely malt. Whereas Rheingeist goes really heavy into that floral hop kind of thing. Oh, I'm burping. Give me just a minute to tire both of these again. Man, it's not even just floral. It's like this really great, like, earthy hop. Man, that's, that is way better than I remember that beer being. Uh, I wonder if they've changed it or if I'm just on a fresher palate or something tonight. I don't know. That's good. <clears throat> Again, not that it's not good before. It makes it sound bad when I say it like that. Mm. So here's my thoughts on these. Um, they're both amazing beers. They're both great, both delicious. 
Uh, my only issue that I'm getting with uh, with Rheingeist is it it's a little bit more carbonated, maybe. It's a zippier kind of beer, which um, I don't know that if, and, and part of part of what I want out of an Oktoberfest is a beer that I could sit and drink a lot of, and I don't think I could drink as much Franz as I could drink Wienermobile, uh, because um, that, that, that carbonation is just kind of, uh, it sits, uh, sits different on, on my stomach, I guess. <laughs> Not that it's bad. They're, they're both great beers. Um, but I feel like, uh, Wienermobile, I could just sit and drink a ton of, um, all day long sitting in the sun. So I'm edging it out just a little bit because like I said, that Rheingeist is really, really good. Um, I'm going to give it to, uh, to 50 West. Uh, they will move on to round two, uh, well-deserved because it is a, uh, a a great beer. This gets really tough when we start getting into um, Fest beers up against Meritzen's. Um, we haven't, I haven't had a Meritzen in this year's competition yet, but they will be coming. Um, we, we know that they're out there. I know that I've got a couple in the fridge right now, just ready to uh, to compete. So <clears throat> it'll be interesting. Gets difficult. Um, not that this wasn't difficult because it was. This was actually way harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, um, so shout out to to Rheingeist for making a a banger of a Oktoberfest this year. It's delicious. Uh, in fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna go drink it now um, while I play this interview for you. Look at that. Uh, you guys get to sit and listen to, uh, me and Lee hang out down at danger wheel. We'll talk a little bit about what danger wheel is and we'll get into some other kind of some geeky stuff. Uh, hopefully it's not too loud and chaotic for you. Um, if it is just a uh, crack open an Oktoberfest and, um, and, and drink that instead. <laughs> it's fine. You'll be fine. It's all right. Just, uh, just hang in there. It's good stuff. <laughs> Um, uh, before, um, we're going to flip flop some, some time things here a little bit. Um, before we jump into the interview, you're going to hear from this week's show sponsor. Um, and Lee is also uh, present in that. Um, but we recorded it after the interview, but you're going to hear it before just to keep it in the middle of the show, just to, to make it easy on you. How about that? Or I could read it now. I won't. <laughs> so shout out to this week's sponsor. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Support for Cincy Brewcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GNOME at manscaped.com. And if my math is correct, 6 million men, uh, that's 12 million balls. I just got my Manscaped package. Manscaped package, that's probably not the right way to word that, in the mail the other day, and I, I tried it all. Uh, they sent me the performance package 4.0, uh, and I, I, like I said, I tried it all to make sure that this was a valid product that you guys could trust, and you can. Uh, inside the package, I can't. I gotta quit saying package. Uh, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0. It's a trimmer. You got the weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. 
the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, uh, the Crop Reviver Toner. Uh, they have some performance boxer briefs and some, a little travel bag to keep it all in. Um, and and, and I, I, like I said, tried it all. <laughs> the trimmer, the lawnmower, lawnmower, yes, 4.0. Uh, it's I, I can 100% say that this is the best ball hair trimmer that I have ever used. <laughs> I use this uh, cutting edge ceramic blade uh, to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It's waterproof and it's got a 4000K LED spotlight built into it. Uh, it's, it's actually kind of excellent, especially the light. Uh, like if you're in the shower using it, like you can see better, make sure you're not trimming the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> the Weed Whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. Look, I, as you get older, hair starts sprouting in really weird spots. You can need some to trim it up, and this thing works really, really good. It uses uh, that proprietary skin-safe technology again to reduce nicks, snags, tugs, all that stuff. I don't know if you've ever tried to pluck a nose hair before. That shit hurts. Oh, great. <laughs> so if you get a trimmer that doesn't tug on it, it, uh, it, it, it makes it a little more enjoyable. Uh, the Crop Reserver Ball Deodorant. Uh, look, I, first time trying it today. Can you smell my balls right now? Cannot. I cannot. It's, it's working yeah, good. Yeah. And it's, it's hot doing outside. It, it's doing its job. It's nice and hot. Uh, the Crop Reviver Toner, uh, you just you use that during the day. If you need a little freshen up, you just give it a little spritz on, on, on the family jewels and, and you freshen right up. Um, I, haven't, I haven't tried that one yet, but I, okay. I might hear it a little well, bit. You don't, need, you don't, you don't need it yet. You don't need it yet. <laughs> and if that's not enough, they threw in two free gifts. Pair of boxers and then that bag, like I said, more in the boxers. Yeah, they're comfy. Like got a nice stretch no, going. Yeah, no, good. no problem moving around. Seriously, it's time to take care of yourself. Uh, get 20% off and free shipping with the code GNOME at manscaped.com. It's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Make sure that you use the code GNOME, that's G N O M E. Uh, unlock your confidence. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Seriously, I know it's it's funny to talk about nuts, um, but huge thanks to Manscaped for supporting the show. It's extremely extremely appreciated. Uh, get on there and support them back because your your nuts will thank you. <laughs> or if you don't have nuts, uh, someone else's nuts that you, you can buy it as a gift. Or uh, I feel like you could use some of the other stuff even if you don't have nuts. But um, you gotta get rid of hair. You gotta get rid of hair. Yeah, if you don't want it. It'll, it'll take care. Oh of it. Lord. <laughs> We are we're standing on the sidewalk in the middle of chaos in Pendleton uh, OTR Danger Wheel, as you can probably hear from the background. Yeah. Um, this is my second time coming down here to the yeah, event. My, my uh, we were talking about well. that before, and last year was my first time. Last year was your first time. Um, uh, this is one of, I think, the coolest events that is thrown in Cincinnati. It's uh, Adult downhill big wheel racing. Yeah, what more could you ask for? Really, I mean, it's, it's, it's exciting. I love how they encourage uh, water balloon throwing, um, water balloons, costumes, like all that stuff. It's, it's all, yeah. very like if you've ever seen, and I think Red Bull is technically a sponsor of this too. But like right. the the Red Bull, like they do like the the, uh, the, the diving stuff and like there's you know, the right, launch off the yeah. tower and everything. Yeah, they do like the thing. cardboard around. airplanes yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, all kinds of crap. It's very similar to that in the vibe of it. But uh, before we get too far and deep into uh, into the event itself, we should talk about beer because it's a beer podcast. That's right. Uh, we went and grabbed a beer uh, from Braxton because we are standing right outside of Braxton. Um, I was hoping we could sit in Braxton and record. 
but it was, it was even more chaotic <laughs> inside, I think, than it is outside. If it's chaotic out here on the street, it was uh, absolute uh, nuts inside. But um, we both have racks and beers. Um, I went with Catalyst. I don't know if you've had this one. The black, this is black pepper. I think that it was the first time that they made this was for like their first anniversary, okay. like forever ago. Um, they did a couple different versions of it. Pilsner with black pepper is not something I would ever think in my head would be good, but uh, clearly they know what they're doing because it's freaking delicious. Especially on a day like today, it's hot. You want something that's still crushable and um, it, it's perfect. Yeah, I got one of the uh, Bavarian lager. Got a little hot walking over here, so I want something yes. nice and clean and crisp. Uh, it's, it's going down real, real smoothly. I guess we should introduce you to yeah. how far in depth do you want your introduction to be? I know you've been on shift beers before. Been on shift and beers and, and, kind of a... and truth beer pod. Uh, my name's Lee. Uh, I am. I'll just say I work for. I may or may not work for one of the uh, for the the really big brewery up in uh, Butler County. The, the uh, biggest brewery in town. Yes, I work for the biggest brewery in town. Uh, but no, big a big craft beer drinker. Uh, around uh, i've been in cincinnati i'm a transplant up here i've been here coming up on three years uh braxton was actually the first brewery i ever went to up here the one over in covington when i was up here kind of scouting out places to live right so, uh, <laughs> walked in okay this will work I, we can move here yeah. and uh, i wanted to uh, give you a shout out because this is how so whenever we go whenever we travel we always figure out what's the best sure. brewery to go to let's start there let's figure out what else is around I had no idea of anything about Cincinnati before I moved up here for work. Right. Uh, and went on Google and saw, all right, the search breweries and thought, oh shit, there's, there's way too much going on, way too much going on. So I looked, I'm a big podcast guy because I've always commuted to work right. quite a bit and I don't listen to music in the mornings because I'll fall asleep. So I've always listened to podcasts. Right. So I just searched Cincinnati Craft Beer Podcasts. And so I started listening to you. Excellent. Like, the second or third week I lived up here. So right. I've been listening to you for coming up on three years. So it's, it's it definitely was a guiding force <laughs> on where to check out. It would get me excited for the weekend about, okay, okay cool. I really want to go check, check out, that place out yeah. whichever place you were at. So I kind of followed you around a week or two behind That's you fun. probably. That's going, fun. Going all these places, so. <laughs> It's, it's cool to appreciate we, you getting me on the on the show. We should find a way to set that up with breweries. After I do an interview at the brewery, there's like a, a 10 day period where if somebody comes in and mentions that they heard about it on Cincy Brewcast, they yeah. get like a dollar off a pint or right, something. Yeah. Like that. The think, yeah, we need to yeah. figure something out this yeah. time to make it worth people's while. But um, you do listen to all of the local craft beer podcasts. I assume yeah. that most of the folks that listen to, well, I don't know about that, but a lot of the folks that listen to this show listen to all the local craft beer podcasts. It's becoming this fun little community yeah. now of, of people. And uh, uh, like I said, you've been on Shift Beers. Your voice hopefully isn't that uh, Maybe not, unfamiliar maybe not too to people. unfamiliar. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, I, if we can talk a little bit about how you got into uh, the industry too. I mean, you kind of... Weasel your way into it. Most of the people that I talk to on the show are people who you know start home brewing and then right. they want them to go pro or they you know, you know there's there's this other way into things that you yeah. You, so you I've, I've gotten through a few uh, through it's basically where I work now just through manufacturing. Right. I've worked in large scale manufacturing forever. I've made bricks. I've made M and M's. I've made crackers, and now I make beer. So I, I put beer in cans, right. more specifically. Right. So, um, but I fell in love with craft beer really at, in college. Um, it took me a while to get into beer. Period. Right. I just didn't. It took me a while to get used to the taste uh, as kind of a drinker. But then I realized it was a lot more uh, economical to buy a five dollar cup and drink. Bad beer, but still drink beer. Then that led me into wanting 
you know, when I could actually go, I lived in the Kroger uh, pick six aisle for a while and right. went that route and started going to breweries. Um, after college, when I would travel around, that's where I kind of would get introduced to the town. So I felt, I guess, a connection or seemed like mostly nicer people, nice people right. go to breweries and, right. and sit there and talk to you and give you recommendations on where else to go next and stuff like that. Um, that's how I, 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 I love drinking you know, better beer. Um, you know, I, I make uh, beer for a different for different occasion. I would say uh, that's what I always tell people is if I'm going to drink the beer that I make. It's it's you know only in a different reason or a different situation. But if I'm if I have to pick, I'm going to go to a local place like either you know, Braxton. I live in OTR, so I go up to Northern Road quite a bit. It's kind of my favorite favorite spot currently right now um, but yeah that's i guess uh, the, how well, i got into it it's for it's funny because as craft beer drinkers you know we start to think about some of those bigger breweries and we we, we forget that there's still people that work there that are craft beer people very yes. much craft oh, yeah. beer people they just work for a big brewery right, right, <laughs> it doesn't right. mean there's still beer lovers right it doesn't um, it doesn't mean that the whole uh, that the people that work there and the whole thing itself is this big evil kind of uh, corporation that's sucking the life out of beer. They right. play a very important role. Oh, yeah, there's still about 500 people who work up there who yeah. love what they do and do a good job. But, you know, they quite a few of the people I talk to love going to craft beer. They, sure. love, love, they consider themselves maybe a local brewer because they work there. They make the stuff, but sure. they love going to, you know, up there. You, so I, I know a ton of people go to Third Eye quite a bit if they're heading this way yeah. after work and go to some of the places around Mason and everything, yeah. all the breweries up there. There's definitely a, a craft beer community that works within a large beer right. factory. Well, and, you know, on, on a very different note, but on the same kind of idea, you look at an event like this, this is very much a big beer type of event. Like, you expect right. people to be walking around with cans of, of, you know, one of those big macro beers. Right, and I, right. And I'm sure there are some of those sitting around somewhere. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. But the cool thing about this is that it is still so local focused, so craft beer yes. focused, so local food focused. Yep. It's in Pendleton. It's yeah. in the middle of the city. Like, it just, it, it takes on a very different vibe that I think is really important in the same way that all these craft breweries definitely, are. Definitely, definitely. It's not what you expect when you uh, when somebody yeah, describes not, it to you. Yeah, you'd be bummed if you saw a bunch of if it was just Budweiser, yeah, Coors Light, Michelob yeah. Ultra walking around here. You All actually right. see people with with beer that you would hope that they would be drinking. Yeah, 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 it's it's fun. I um, I don't know where we are currently in the competition today. I haven't paid attention. I think. <laughs> I mean, I know this is the blind it looks like ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it is>. yeah. <laughs> But but I don't know where that falls into everything, so I don't know what the standings are or anything. Yeah, it looks like, like the that. strategy. Luckily for people, is to still go slower. Yeah. A bit right now, uh, no, nobody's. Well, I haven't seen too many just falling uh, like I do in the regular rounds. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw some of that when I first got down here, but now it is definitely a very different vibe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it looks like looks like what my two year old would be doing if he was trying to go down the hill. Oh yeah. Um, so to describe the, the event a little bit in, in more depth, with adult downhill big wheel racing, real big wheel racing. We said that, but there's there's ramps that they set up in the middle of the street, uh, and the ramps get progressively bigger throughout the day as the rounds get get more serious. Um, and you just haul ass down this hill, trying to get across the finish line. You get, you get a boost of the top, uh, teams of three or four, or something yeah. like that, and you get you get your, your, your two uh, two other teammates to push you, get a good head start. Two at a time, or two teams at a time. Right. 
Um, you get a bunch of blow-up obstacles. Right now they have several T-Rex uh, blow-ups down there. And some, some big emoji things, some big too. emoji faces. Uh, you also have uh, uh, probably children and adults lined on the uh, on the side, uh, armed with water balloons. Yeah, to, uh, they have, they have people distraction. That, they walk up and down the street just selling water balloons. So when you're watching, you can pelt people, you pelt yeah. the team that you're rooting against. And yeah. it's man, it's fun stuff. Um, uh, we need more things like this in the city, and I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how you can keep being creative about stuff like this, or like Punch Out, or you know things right. like that. These events that just are so different. Than, than your typical beer event. Right. There, this guy's got some some macro beer in a in a yeah. bag there. <laughs> I, I think I know. I think I, those might have come from my brewery. They, uh, I, I love that. I mean, and, and the beer event that you that you host as well. Uh, you know, it's something just different because we've all been to brewer to, to big to beer events where. You just walk around, right. you're hot, you're waiting in line to get, you know, a four ounce sample of beer and you just go to the next place and wait in line to do that. There's not an activity to kind of keep you engaged or excited other than the beer, right. which this, I would say this, this event is not a beer event, it is an event that has a great community of beer behind yeah, it. It is it's, definitely a drinking occasion. Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah. It's not a beer event, but if there wasn't beer, this would not be nearly I, as fun. I completely agree. <laughs> completely agree. Yeah. But vice versa, if if somebody just said, hey, we're going to serve a bunch of beer down down in Pendleton, you can just walk around and drink it. They're like, okay, that, that'd be fun, but I don't, I don't need to go down there. You know, you create something that makes drinking the beer more fun, I guess. How many years has this been I think this going is like on. seven or something. Okay, That's wow. what I heard. So yeah. it's, um, and I had heard about it a bunch of times, just never, it, scheduling never worked out. And right. family life is always a little bit of chaos, but um, I, it's it's now become one of those things after coming last year um, that it's always on my calendar. Like I have to yeah. get down here at some point during the day just to take it in. Um, going back to, to craft breweries. Yeah. What is it that makes a craft brewery a, uh, a favorite for you. Like you talked about how, you know, Northern Row is kind of on that list for you right now, places that you love to sit and hang out. And, I think uh, I, proximity, I guess, plays proximity. a big part of that. But. There's a few things um, for me personally right now. I think most, so I'm 31. Uh, most craft beer drinkers who have been drinking craft beer, I feel like for more than five or six years, have seemed to go through the circle of, I, I want IPA or I want something, I want the craziest thing that I want and then I want more of a beer flavored beer and they kind of go through that loop and right now i'm on this i, I want a clean german style right. beer it's what i like right. and i think i think northern road knocks it out of the park with some of their stuff as well i don't know how much of that is the journey of craft beer drinkers and how much of it is just the journey of craft beer right sure. now like i don't know if um you know when when craft beer really started to get big and we'll, we'll call it the 90s or the early 2000s and everybody was drinking it uh, bigger is what you wanted because that was the new thing. That was yeah. what was was, yeah. was was fresh and 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 and, and uh, interesting. And then as that became the normal, then you start to kind of rebel against that and want something else. And then you rebel against that. And yeah. I, to me, that's almost the cycle. Is just the industry as a whole. The counter, versus, counter, counter. Yeah, yeah, kind of versus, deal, yeah. Versus the actual drinkers. It just so happens that so many people started drinking craft beer at that same time. Right. And that's you know kind of the way. Yeah. yeah I don't know how many people are like waking up to craft beer now. Like, I, you know, there's, yeah. thing, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's still happening, but most everybody has tried one at some point. They've right. tried, maybe they don't like it, but they've, they've tried it and it's, it's, it's part of the normal um, uh, 
your existence in this country, right, now, right. which is which is crazy to think about, but it's. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, what are, what do you see? You see a lot more stuff than I do, obviously. Do you, do you see it starting to shift back towards the more traditional styles executed super well, or I, is it is it still going into the craziness I mean, and all I, the brand new hops you can get and how much? I definitely yeah. see more people excited about those clean traditional styles. But it's still such a small fraction right. of craft beer drinkers that that's what they want. Yeah. People are still walking here, still want the big kind of giants, sure. uh, you know, big bold stouts and big IPAs yeah. and New England IPAs, the big flavors, the the, the, the in-your-face kind of stuff. So I, I don't know that it's really, as I don't know that it's really changing that much. Yeah. But there is definitely almost like a, a subculture of craft beer drinkers that are like just all ready for traditional clean right right and it's, and it's something you can for me it's something you can drink all, all day yeah, kind of deal yeah, too. yeah. Uh, well, i'm not gonna have seven pastry stouts you know sitting outside in july right, right now you know it's, <laughs> i, I want to i get to ask your question if a brewery has a cold john right typically if i see it i know it's for me a good brewery if i see like a pilsner and a hellas lager and a cold john i know that that's that's my kind of seat. Like I'm right. saying, if they're, if they're not just offering, or this is this is the light option. That's a rare thing to find. Somebody's got a Pilsner and a Hellas on at the yeah, same time. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. if, they, if, they, if they have something like that, they have multiple light traditional stuff. That's what I mean. And it's kind of the, like, I love going to Northern Road because you can sit outside, yeah. you can sit inside. I love their interior. I love the old feeling. Living in OTR, it's cool to see that old building and what they've done to it to preserve and also yeah. put their spin on it um well, what i think yeah. is cool about them specifically you know there's there are places that make incredible loggers around oh, yeah. standing oh, absolutely. Yeah. braxton yeah. kills it but they don't uh they don't have that same kind of um we'll call it personality around it right. where you know you walk into northern road and they're like hey are you new here? We're, we're a brewery. We love lagers. I hope you do too, because that's really what we love. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, right, right, right. We know that's weird. And like, you know, it, it, whereas Braxton's like, oh yeah, you know, we do lagers and we do them, you know, traditionally and we do them, Super you know, well. We do them yeah. well. But we got these doing in IPAs and that's, that's kind of, we know that's the big thing. We got seltzer yeah. and we know that's, it's, it's a very different type of personality when you walk into a place like Northern Row, which yeah. I appreciate. I think it's, it's important to have those different sides of, uh, I think I think not, not necessarily just in Cincinnati, but but all over the place. It's hard. It's easier, and it, well, maybe not easier. I think it's interesting to do something like what Northern Road does, where you buy you have in other places around. Yeah. Where you buy an old building, a cartridge and stuff. You buy an old building, and you make it cool. You yeah. make it so that the whole thing isn't just oh, it's old. That's not the cool thing about it. It's okay. What have we done with it? Right. I think it's. It's so much different. But I think the I think the opposite of that. I think the Saunders, where they have a brand new building, to my knowledge, you know, and, and but they've made that so much. They've made that cool as well. It's almost the opposite of that. If this is a new, yeah. From I guess strictly like an experience and going in there. Saunders Saunders is a good example too of that 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 idea that I'm that I'm trying to figure out a way to uh, express it. Of you know, it's not that they don't make great loggers. They make incredible loggers. Oh yeah, yeah. But when you walk in, it's not. It's not in your face that that's kind of. And they make they make incredible beer there. I have a, I have a question for you. Okay. Whenever I go to Saunders, because basically if we're if I'm leaving my kind of neighborhood to go to a brewery, right? Eight eight out of ten times we're going up to to Saunders because we like we can go for a walk ahead of time. We can go there to bring the dog outside. That kind of stuff. Right. Whenever I'm there, I'm the only person I see drinking <laughs> out of the liter container. I 
It depends. So if I'm <laughs> going to sit there and I'm going to drink liters, yeah. I have to have a driver. Right, right. <laughs> my problem most of the time when I go there is I don't have a driver. Right. My wife is saying my kids aren't coming with me. So I don't typically get the leaders, but I really appreciate that they're right, there. Right. I appreciate them there and I always laugh because I'll, be, I'll kind of just be looking around me and stuff and people are getting up. They're drinking just as much beer as I am. Right. But I'm just being more efficient, I guess. Right. I, can, I can sit there, I'm not waiting in line as long. There's, there is something about that experience too, especially if you're sitting outside, yeah. just sitting there and just drinking a liter and like it, it, it again, it fits into some I, of those personality things that I want out yes, of more places. Yes. I, uh, it's, again, you know, Hofra House is an right. example of one of those places. You go there for some type of experience yeah. as much as you do the beer. And yeah. I, uh, I think Sonder, Sonder gets that, but they Absolutely. are still just so new and still growing and still trying to figure themselves yeah, out. They I haven't, think they're doing an absolutely haven't great been able job. to uh, to focus it in as much as I want them to. I want more lager. I want yeah. more of an emphasis on the beer guard, yeah. more of an emphasis on liters of beer. And well, stuff I'm excited like that. as time progresses, you know, their barrel program, what that turns into. Oh, yeah. and, you know, it's one of those things you, you can't, for us as consumers, you, you got to be patient, I guess, to figure right. out what's going to happen. Right. But, well, I'm, I'm very excited about the, the minds that they have and the people I've talked to that yeah. work there and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. they're, it's they're, it's hard with, with anybody, especially a place like them that, you know, we'll, you know, we'll t put it into easier terms. If you, if you have $100 that you're going to reinvest into the business, do you use it to buy a new tank to crank out a bunch of Cato or do you right. use it to put into a beer garden to make it more comfortable for people yeah. or do you use it to add on and add some kind of barrel program? Like it's to decide where those reinvestments go is really, really difficult yeah. when you're in this phase like that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I, I don't, I don't fault anybody for the decisions oh, that they make. Absolutely not. <laughs> I did see they just added a uh, sign right outside, like when you walk outside on the wall that says the beer garden, um, and then above it there's uh, oh the, 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 the outdoor the, the bar the outdoor is open. Bar. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. when the lights when it lights up, you know that the bar outside is open, which I think is just I think that's uh, great too. Such a good idea. Yeah. That is one of their problems. That it gets busy. There's tons of people who want yeah. to go there and hang out, and you know, if you're not going to drink a liter, right. <laughs> you yeah. have to get up a bunch of times yeah. to get yeah. beers. Um, I, I'm excited to watch places like that grow. Oh, uh, me too. And I've I've been excited to see places that I'm and it's I'm not sure how to ask this question from a Cincinnati perspective because there's there's so much talent here now in the brewery in the brewing world yeah. Oh, yeah. here. All the different brewers. There's so much talent. Well, now you see, and I don't know all the history behind everything like that, but you see a place like Third Eye and you see a place like OTR Stillhouse who have, who are able to hit the ground running and oh, yeah. right out of the gate, they have great beer. Yeah. Do you see the, is that a, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's a good thing as a consumer, but it's, it's is that going to progress as more and more breweries open? Is, is Cincinnati becoming a, a hub, so to speak, of craft? of brewers talent i think so i mean for a lot of reasons though too it's you know we also have cincinnati state right. here with the brewing science yeah. program you know that's that is unique to a city our size um but i don't know that it's i, I don't know how to word it because it, it is a good thing that that is the expectation now when you open up but you do start to kind of lose um some places don't get the the leeway that maybe they they deserve at yeah, the beginning yeah, like that, some of the the journey with some of these especially the smaller places is part of also what makes it fun is that you go there on day one and it's fun and the space is great and 
the beer is all right and the people are super nice and it's like, yeah. you want to go back and then when you go back it's even better you're like okay yeah now i see where this is going and then you go back and it's incredibly oh my god this is great right and then you go back and they have a food program all of a sudden and the food is great you're like oh man this is really really cool i you know I can't believe that I remember when I was here on day one, and this is right, like, right, right. like experiencing that journey from a drinker's perspective is important to something about craft beer, and I don't know what that is, but there is there is something, the evolution yeah, there's of something a, there of a that as, as a craft beer drinker that we that we love, and again, not that it's a bad thing that a place right. like OTR Stillhouse opens up and everything is incredible and the space on. is yeah. beautiful and you know they're already cranking out spirits and. The food is great. Like yeah. all of those, everything is just just dialed in. Like that's that's a good thing, but you also kind of lose a little bit of that journey a little. Bit. Yeah, right. And it's and it makes it. I guess maybe it might. You kind of makes it harder for the next person if you don't have. I don't know. It, do you think it's gonna? If, do you think the expectation now will be? I, yeah. To you better be ninety-eight percent spot on as opposed to well, well if you're seventy-five percent there. We'll give you a, we'll, we'll, let me give you three or four weeks and I'll come back. I also worry that maybe people won't be as invested in brands right. as they could be otherwise. I mean, I think that there's a lot of people that really love Mad Tree because they remember sitting in that old tap room and right. sweating their butt off. And uh, even for Rheingeist, you know, watching that journey of them exploding into what they are today. There's people that like you sit down and you start talking about Ryan guys. Oh yeah, I love Ryan guys. That's not as great now. I remember when it right. was like this, and it's like, but man, they're my favorite brewery. And it's like, okay, yeah. you're, you're, that's you, interesting because I don't have being new to town. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea. I I never experienced 1.0. But right. specifically Matchery, it's you know how do I'm trying to think of how I'm trying to ask how do you grasp that that loyalty. If you do, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm trying to It's always going to be different, but it's it's the same as when, you know, people have their favorite band that sells out to a major label or something. And they're they're, they're great, but I remember this thing. It's like, it's uh, it's not that, again, it's not that it's bad. The people people that are becoming fans later on aren't any worse of fans, but I don't don't know that they have that, 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 like, that deep down loyalty that that's always going to be there in the same way. That's it's a problem with craft beer already that people aren't yeah. loyal to anything. But. Right? Yeah. Well, it's the, it's like music or it's like anything else. Of you want some you want a place to be successful, but only to a certain point where that it's not all of a sudden everybody's favorite successful. Brewery. Right? Right? <laughs> you know, I I have a I live right across from a really good uh, bar, uh, a cocktail place. And I loved it. I was, I felt, I feel guilty because I loved it during the pandemic. Right. So I could go in there and I knew the bartenders right. and I was the only one in there and they maybe let me right. drink afterwards a little bit right. if I was the honorary doorman that night or something. Right. And now that everything's opened back up, yeah. it's slammed. And I, and I don't go there as much because right. well, this isn't my second living room anymore. You can't you know? even, you can't even get a seat at the bar now. You're like, wait a minute. I, yeah. This was my spot. Yeah, like, oh, this was my favorite bar, but I can't, I can't get mad at that because they're doing better. Yeah, they're making money. The bartenders are getting more tips. You know, oh. I can't, I can't get mad at that. It's just, but it is that nostalgic of. It's like the one thing that was cool about the pandemic is I could go in the street and sit, sit and drink and have the place to myself. We talked on a podcast uh, a few weeks ago um, about. Uh, honey holes you know the place you would go you go to buy beer yeah when it's a place that you don't want to have to worry about getting there and it's the latest release and it's already sold out or maybe you get there 
little later to buy something that you know it's, it's gone in most places but you've got that that spot that has really great craft beer but nobody knows about yeah and how you kind of don't want to tell anybody about it because you don't want to right. lose that specialness of it yeah as soon as everybody knows that thing goes away you know right. it's, it's right. hard it's but it's it's a good problem to have i guess it is it is a good problem to have. yeah but we're i do think that we have gotten to a point in craft beer in general but also in cincinnati where that is becoming a thing more and more with different aspects of the business you know be it a tap room or be it you know trying to trying to find that six pack of whatever that that standard thing is that you typically buy right know, or you know, when you walk into uh, Kroger, Meyer, and you see your spot on the shelf, it feels weird. There's there's lots of different aspects yeah. of it that um, success changes a little bit for you as a drinker, right? For right. good or bad. Yeah, it's it's hard to say any of that is bad, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because you got to think. You know, as soon as Brewery X, as soon as they have their beer in Kroger, that's probably a great thing for them, right? Because they're probably making money off it. But all of a sudden. That doesn't feel as cool. Right. Oh, man. You mean, I can, you mean I can just buy it whenever I want? Oh, right. Yeah. It loses a little yeah. bit of that special. Yeah. I never have to worry about running out of it. I kind of always do. <laughs> oh. It's like they're taking, yeah, taking they, a little break, a little intermission right now. They are between, uh, uh, resetting rounds. resetting ramps now. So it means yeah. they're... No, I mean things are getting bigger. Getting ramps are getting wild. bigger. Yeah. Um, we will uh, we'll venture over there here. With I can't thank Lee enough for um, hanging out with me down at Danger Wheel and uh, for helping me uh, showcase this uh, the sponsor of this episode, Manscaped. Again, thanks to Manscaped. Make sure you use the code GNOME, G-N-O-M-E. When you check out, you'll get uh, 20% off and uh, free shipping. Uh, but yeah, I, I, we had a lot of fun down there. I know that it's not the easiest to listen to. Uh, I promise that next week's episode will be a little bit easier. Um, and I'm going to get Lee back on the show when it's a more normal episode. We'll get in studio or in a brewery somewhere where we can sit down and just uh, just really kind of talk to him a little bit and, and drink some beer with him when there isn't so much stuff going on. I don't know why in my head I thought that I was going to be able to figure out a way to record an episode at Danger Wheel in a quiet spot. I was thinking I was going to get down there way earlier than I was able to, and uh, I'll take the blame. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I know it's I know it's loud, and especially if you're listening in a car, I know how hard that stuff is, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, we will be back next week. Um, make sure you're subscribed. Go ahead and share the show with your friends because that's how all of this keeps on growing and um, I do appreciate that immensely. Uh, if you want to support the show monetarily, you know the drill by now, hopefully. Uh, go to the gnarlygnome.com slash support and all of it helps, especially this time of year when I'm spending hundreds of dollars on Oktoberfest beers so that I can determine which one is the best one for me. It's not really where all the money goes, you guys. It is an expense, but uh, there are like behind-the-scenes things that keep all of this stuff running. It's not me just going out and buying beer, I promise. But thank you guys very much. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, stay tuned. Uh, make sure you're following on all the different social media channels because uh, Oktoberfest Quest showdowns uh, pop up in all kinds of different spots. It could be YouTube, could be Instagram, could be Facebook, could be Twitter. Who knows? Who knows? It might just be, you might just like look out your window and I might be standing in the road in front of your house 
drinking Oktoberfest beers and just shouting, shouting at you which one is better. That's that's how crazy I am about all of this stuff. <laughs> it might happen. <laughs> all right. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft.